Bullshit is everywhere. Bullshit is rampant. Episode 3 of Loki has dropped and there were many, many revelations. One which kind of went under the radar as far as the um, the way it was shown on, uh, on screen. But uh, it's a huge one for the implications of this show. And we're going to discuss all of that with me as always when we're talking Marvel is Tyler. How are you doing, Tyler? I'm good, Dave. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Excited to be talking about this. Um to lift the curtain a little bit normally me and tyler will record this on a saturday or a sunday so it's a few days after we've had time to ruminate um so yeah i'm I'm really looking forward to getting into it um episode three let's get started um it was pretty much what i had expected and what i'd kind of talked about in a way in that there was an awful lot of talking and exposition in this episode but I was pleasantly surprised by the amount of action as well. Like this was action heavy. Yeah. And it's, uh, I had made a comment before this episode had dropped, uh, about how I, I felt like the action wasn't very good in this show so far. Mm. And this was definitely, I think a step up. Uh, I thought the action was much better in this episode than it had been the first two. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I think that it's on a little bit of a hiding to nothing if it's trying to match up with some of the action that you get in the movies. Yeah. Uh, but certainly, like, if you compare it to a lot of other TV shows that have action as part of their uh, makeup, I, I think it's getting there. Uh, especially that long... Uh, they want you to think it's single camera, but you can kind of see the joins, which I don't mind, because I, I think that even though you can tell where the joins are, I, I think that it's pretty hard to make a single shot scene and uh actually yeah there there are times when when single shot it it's a, a it's a it's a choice and a choice that doesn't necessarily need to be technical mm-hmm. like it's how it, it, because when you do a, a scene and it takes place in a single shot it really makes you feel like you're there and I didn't mind the fact that it wasn't um, – it did, didn't feel like I could tell watching it. You could you could notice the cuts. They weren't, they weren't super slick with the cuts. Mm-hmm. But it didn't matter because the point is that you felt like you were there and the choice of having that scene start with them arriving in that area and then – having this scene just following them the entire time as everything happened, ending with them and everybody else watching the arc blow up and then you see their reaction to it before mm-hmm. it cuts the credits. Yeah. That's all like a really great choice. And I really like how it looks, even though I know they cut. It's fine because it was, yeah. <laughs> it yeah. works as a aesthetic choice mm. for the, uh, for the scene. Cause I, I thought it was a really good choice to, to shoot the end of the episode like that. Yeah. I mean, you're in on the, not the joke, but you're you're in on it. You know that it's not going to be one cut, but the way that it's presented, it really gives you that feeling of how rushed everything is, and and that's the reason it was it was chosen was because that single shot following them through really kind of gets across the frenetic nature of what's happening, and and they're really having to rush to get on board the arc. 
Uh, so yeah, I thought it was a great choice and like a, a real step up from the action that we'd had um, before then. Like even in this episode, like I think that the fight scenes are good and they're entertaining. Um, but I think somebody pointed out the fact that this is essentially gods versus people, and <laughs> they're not they're not exactly you know like I you could flick me and make my head explode. Uh, but you're not going to do that instead. You're going to do all of this flippy stuff, which is great. Like It's entertaining to watch, and that's the reason that they're doing it. It's not because they've forgotten what the deal is with these uh, characters. It's just that it's more entertaining when you watch them engaging in fisticuffs. So that's yeah. uh, that's basically, I think, the choice that was made there and the reason why they're not able to just snap their fingers and kill everybody, you know. Um, so... We there's I I love the fact that there are a, a fair number of references to other things within this episode, as there always seems to be with episodes of Loki. Um, the the big one this time is the uh, the the scene from Kill Bill Part Two, where the bride opens the door and is immediately blown away by a shotgun, um, mm-hmm. and flies backwards. And we we got something which is a pretty faithful rendition of that, just with. A, uh, a giant space shotgun instead. Uh, the 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 constant banter between Loki and Sylvie uh, is brilliant. You know him saying, "Well, you can try doing that, but that's not going to work." And then you're expecting, as the viewer, to be like, "Oh, and now he's going to talk this woman down, and everything's going to be fine." Um, but no, she kicks his ass as well. Uh, <laughs> I, I really liked uh, the the episode. Does have a lot of sit down and talk to each other and explain situations and you know it's it's a it's a a big old exposition download um but at the same time i i think that they did a good job with the scripting that it didn't just feel like you were sitting down and being told everything that you needed to know like it felt like a genuine conversation between these two um especially like sylvie delving into loki's past and uh her revealing a little bit about her own um it felt good, it, you know. It was well acted, and I'm I'm really warming to uh, to Sylvie as a character, uh, and it's becoming very clear that she is definitely not the villain in this piece. Something which mm. was absolutely kind of like put in place by the fact that she makes that big revelation, doesn't she? Yeah, and, and this it it doesn't uh, have basically a. It's not this episode isn't like a series of exposition or like uh, or like like info dumps. No, it's really just uh, it's a few key details that you learn throughout the episode, um, but played in a way of having of these two characters who have a lot in common because they are technically. Um, similar. They are technically kind of made from the same cloth. I don't want to say they're the same person because they're very different. Mm. So the two of them are just having conversations. But as you go, and there and there's also this idea that you know maybe they're tricking each other in certain aspects, and I think that that might be the case. Yeah. Um, but they're also um stuck together and. They don't want to give away their whole game, but they are giving away some key details, and it's interesting. Um, I, I think people, some people were like, kind of like, oh, well, this was kind of a, you know, people would use like filler episode or whatever, which it's not. No. It's not a filler episode. No. It's not a bottle episode. It's a very expansive episode. It's a very important um, episode. 
Yeah. So it's not a bottle episode. It just is. It's just an episode that really changes gears and focuses on two characters. And I kind of like that the show only because it's Sunday now when we're recording, which means we're only a few days away from Tuesday. Yeah. I like the fact that we don't find out what happens with the TVA. We don't see Mobius. It's only these two. Uh, because for a story beat, it's interesting to to have to to end episode two with the timeline being with the sacred timeline getting blown up and Loki running away from the TVA and then have none of that resolved by the end of this episode, but still moving forward in the plot mm. and and building the relationship with the two characters. And it is crazy when I think about the fact that at the end of the last episode, we didn't know anything about sylvie well we but now very, i feel like i know little. a ton about her because we've yeah. spent so much time with her like we, we we have a basic idea of who she is but with this served to flesh her out an awful lot which i really appreciated i i do think there is a point during the episode where we do get a bit of an exposition dump although they do such a good job in writing the script out and delivering it that it doesn't feel at all like exposition and that is when they're on the train sitting down talking to each other and you get a lot of information. Like that is where they make the uh, the, the discovery for us, I guess, not for Sylvie, um, about the TVA. And um, I, I guess we kind of buried the lead there. But um, all of the TVA workers are now confirmed to be variants that have been mind wiped and are working at the TVA. So, yay! The Owen Wilson theory is correct. He was a guy in the nineties who loved jet skis. <laughs> yeah, that is a that is a huge revelation for this show, mm. and um, I again, it's fun how you find out about this, and there's not really even time for you to to reckon with too much of that before we get to the end of this. Mm. But the idea that the TVA have been somewhat nefarious is not. Um, it doesn't come out of left field <laughs> because the TVA are so bureaucratic and um, theological in their approach to things. The fact that they have so much propaganda to convince their workers of what they need to do, it makes a lot of sense. And so it's that is like information that you get first. Mm. Uh, along with other information that they were made to be TVA agents and to work for this. And it is one of those things where, well, if they were made to do this, why is there so much propaganda? And it's a question that should have been bothering you. Yeah. Um, because that was always supposed to not feel right. Yeah. Like the propaganda is definitely like a form of mental reinforcement to confirm uh, their reality to themselves and to stop them from questioning uh, the logic of it i suppose one of the big questions yeah. is where does renslayer sit on all of this is she also a variant or is she perhaps one of the few people that actually knows what's going on which is why she was so panicked when everything went down in the last episode um, yeah i'm pretty sure renslayer knows what's going on i'm pretty sure she is not oblivious to this also Perhaps, and I don't really think it matters because she's a uh, she's some kind of program. But I bet Miss Minutes knows what's up too. Well, yeah, almost certainly, almost certainly. And there's still uh, some theories flying around that Miss Minutes is actually going to turn out to be 
if not the big bad or a representation of such, then certainly I, like, someone that's I in doubt cahoots. that. Now, that would be extremely fun if that's how this ends, but <laughs> I feel like that's probably not going to happen. Well, I mean, but, as a representation yeah. of the big bad, like, you know, Miss Minutes is not actually the physical form of uh, whoever it is that's pulling all the strings, but she's kind of like, you know, Wizard of Oz, Man Behind the Curtain, um, and the Great and Powerful Oz out front. Like, Miss Minutes is ex- essentially the Great and Powerful Oz, that giant head disembodied that scares the shit out of everybody but in her case it's like it's the reverse it's like i'm gonna charm you into loving everything i say that kind of thing yeah uh i think that that scene sounds like fun and a part of me mm. does kind of <laughs> that, that's what happens <laughs> but uh but but yeah I also like that episode two takes the time to have that um, that conversation between Mobius and Loki where they discuss what the belief system is in the GVA, why Mobius does what he does, mm. what they all feel like the point of this is, and for Loki to, to prod a little bit into the whole of that without – you know, whole cloth saying like, yeah, I, you know, like obviously Loki is like, I don't believe this. I think this is silly, but yeah. he doesn't, you know, blow it up there or put so many holes in it that Owen Wilson can't still believe that at the end of the conversation. But knowing what we know now, it's almost, and I, and I think Loki feels sympathetic for Mobius and that I think you can just kind of tell these guys are uh, being messed with. I also think that the relationship, something that hasn't been explored too much, uh, but I think will probably play into this as we go along, is how different it is between the analysts and the uh, Minutemen. Mm -hmm. Because the Minutemen are extremely aggressive and uh, kind of violent. And then you have the analysts who are kind of feel like they're lower on the totem pole. And I don't know if that means anything. I don't know. It's possible uh, that I don't know. Do you think it do you think it might be possible that the Minutemen are variants that were like highly violent criminals and like had it within them to be violent? And and so they were judged to be the best fit for that role. Whereas the analysts are maybe like scientists and and people had, that change had, things that weren't supposed to be changed, but still had an effect. I hadn't thought about that. That's not a bad. Uh, that's not a bad option for what it could be. Because uh, I, I, it is interesting that they've they've laid the groundwork. I think a little bit for why they are so much more violent. But also at the same time, I could see them being just – that's just what the propaganda tells them. And mm. um, But it is really cool how this episode is very quiet and I think because it's so quiet and simple, a lot of people were said stuff like, oh, it's a filler episode. But like this episode begins with Sasha Lane's character uh, yeah. and – uh, Sylvie, who's dressed like in street clothes and doing an American accent, and they're like at some kind of bar somewhere, mm. uh, some kind of tiki bar, 
and they're having drinks and having conversations and it starts with like diegetic music and you're like wow this is really an interesting way to start this episode and mm. and seeing not just like Sylvie's enchantment but even before you get the revelation that comes at the end of the episode you do sit there and go well this is interesting that this yeah. is happening right now well it, it made me question at first i was like hang on is this something that might have happened pre all of this other stuff taking place like is this some sort of um alternate timeline that was clipped and and this might be the uh, motivation for sylvie and and then it kind of became obvious what it was as she started questioning her and yeah so it, I, I think it's a very interesting thing to put in there this leads into something I wanted to talk about as well, actually, um, which is that I'm I'm beginning to wonder, because we, we have the explanation from Sylvie when they're walking, basically explaining how her enchantment works, that she has to make physical contact with somebody and uh, that with people that have got slightly stronger minds, she has to really kind of work hard to convince them to stay within the, the um, within the reality that she's created for them. She does at one point try to enchant Loki, and I'm beginning to wonder if she might not have actually been successful, and that the second half of this episode all takes place in his own mind. I for what reason don't I don't think know. So mm. what I do think is that Loki has successfully been. And I and I feel like maybe there's an aspect of, of both of it where maybe she has tricked him a little bit. Mm. But to me, there is uh, this – I definitely feel like – and maybe I'm wrong. But based on what we know about Loki and his abilities, yeah. my guess is that the time pad is not destroyed. And that is yeah. a trick to uh, make to make her think that it is. Mm. But he knows that they're going to be okay. I mean, there's, I guess, there's two options that came to my mind, which was number one, exactly what you said that that isn't actually uh, the time pad and it wasn't destroyed, and so he's going to get them out of it. Or the second thing, and I'm not entirely sure how they would work this out. But maybe somehow at the last second, Mobius figures out where they are and they get rescued. But I don't think that's likely. I think it's much more likely that Loki has been playing the um, the, the the card that he always does, which is to show you something that isn't real and to convince you that that's the case. Um, I don't know. Like the theory where I was saying that maybe there this is all taking place in his mind. That gives him an easy out because she can just be like, okay, this isn't working. And she just brings him back to real life. And it's like, okay, we can we can go now. I didn't get any information I needed. But the thing is, like, I don't know exactly what it is that she would want from him that he's not already volunteered. Like, It's clear mm. that he's not on the side of TVA. Um, it's clear what his motivations are. I just don't know. Um it's all very weird. Another thing that made me think maybe this isn't actually taking place in in reality, but is in fact taking place in his mind, is the fact that like we've we've seen an expansion of his powers. He's got telekinesis because he he grabbed that Roomba off of a a shelf in the uh, in in the the Kmart knockoff um, the rocks cart and smacked the the redneck over the head with it. Um, 
but I don't think he's ever demonstrated uh, a power so great that he can literally stop a tower in its tracks and reverse its its fall. Um, I yeah, know there's the time the... stone theory, but I don't buy that for a second. No, here's the thing. I think it's got to be the time stone thing because really? it doesn't make any sense. If you literally watch it, it the tower reconstructs itself literally like the time stone does in Doctor Strange. It's oh, literally maybe. that. Maybe it then. is exactly it is exactly what the time stone does. So to me, it is very unlikely that that is not the case. But then to it use doesn't the, no, no other option makes any sense there. But is he capable of using the time stone without having either the eye of um, uh, Agamotto or the glove yeah, I mean, to set it? Yeah, in? yeah. Okay. There's he, Loki can use the tesseract by just touching it. He's a god. I There's mean, no he, reason why he wouldn't be able to hold a stone and he, use it. Yeah, I guess. Although I, I don't know if... Did he use the Tesseract to t- teleport or was that his... No, it would have been the Tesseract to teleport because he was still locked up in yeah. those. Yeah. Oh, maybe then. I don't know. It's just... It, it feels like something that everybody is saying, it's got to be this, it's got to be this. And but I, I would you, like for it you, not to the, be that. The reason why I'm saying it's got to be that is because it literally is the same effect. Yeah, from the other movie. Yeah. If you watch the bottom of that base of that tower, mm. it, it does, does not just stop and go away. Yeah. It reconstructs itself as if it was never blown up in the oh, first place. Oh, yeah, right. Oh shit, maybe they are right about that then. I didn't bother watching yeah. any of the um Easter egg videos this week because I wanted a more honest uh yeah. conversation than perhaps I've had with you the last couple of weeks where a lot of my theories have been based off of theories of other people and this time well, I kind of wanted to have well, like, like even more- you know again we've 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 discussed both screen crush and new rockstars videos and they are super helpful to get those little details and especially as me as somebody who doesn't read the comics it's, mm, it's they're really helpful to, to find out these little elements of information but like that that theory is dismissed by by Eric in a new Rockstars breakdown because he's like, I'm pretty sure you hear him put it back down. Hmm. Uh, but the, well, he's when, 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 before, I, when isn't you he? watch the episode, when you literally because I've watched it multiple times, hmm. the the tower reconstructs itself at the base. Yeah. It literally reverses in time, and it's exactly like the end of Doctor Strange when they're doing that. So to me, it's it's extremely subtle that they don't draw too much attention to that mm. but it really makes more sense to me that he held on to a time stone and was using it in that moment than he used some power or yeah. ability that he has because so that, that doesn't make any sense so in the context of what happened in, in that case then really that entire episode is kind of null and void because he can use the time stone to reverse everything that's well and that's my point is that well i the time stone i don't know how much the time stone can be used because the time stone has never been used to reverse time wholly it's used to reverse a maybe specific thing like the tower or vision or the apple it was or the big or or mm. or the area around around uh no, I, japan i guess i, I the, the time stone literally the end of doctor strange is him reversing time over and over again until yeah. the big bad just gives up 
Um, <laughs> Dormammu. Yeah, I'll but, get the word but I, I don't know. It's it's a little confusing to me on could, how he could much reverse you can the time do pad with the time stone. He could absolutely reverse the time pad back into a state of, of being both yes, fixed and charged. That he, that he can do. But yeah. I also don't even think that it's broken. I feel like he was... Um, I feel like he was lying about that because mm. we see him. We we see him use his magic to show you where it is, and now he does it all the time. But there's no reason why Loki can't can make using his powers a fake broken time pad. No, absolutely, because so, he's he's faked losing an arm before and all kinds of things. So he's absolutely the thing, capable. The thing he may be able to do with the time stone is reverse it so that there is power on it. Yeah, because. I don't think it's actually broken, but I do think there's no power on it. I think that is a legitimate. Um, well, yeah, cause Sylvie, because Sylvie, Sylvie picks says, it up. Yeah, Sylvie yeah, says Sylvie herself it, it hasn't got enough power. Yeah, she picks it up and tells Loki that. And it's not like Loki was tricking her in that moment to think that it wasn't. That seems like that was that was genuine. Yeah. But later when he shows her that the, the time pattern it's broken after the fall, I feel like that was fake. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um so there's a very good chance that he might end up using the time stone, if that's the case, if the time stone is something that he has in his possession, to uh, reverse the uh, the state of the time pad to a point where it has power and they're able to get out. Or maybe he could actually use it to power up the uh, the the time pad because you need a source of immense power and they're never specific about the exact kind of power except to say it needs to be powerful enough to uh, power a device that can let you traverse time and space and dimensionals uh, dimension, so I guess a a, um, a time stone would probably have that kind of power. You know, <laughs> you know what would be interesting if it was revealed at the end of this episode or, or at the beginning of the next episode. Um, all time pads are actually controlled. They all have time stones as their power source. No, um, that would be cool though. If yeah, if what happened here was that um, Loki and Sylvie are talking on that train. Mm. Sylvie falls asleep. Loki uses the time stone he has to reverse it so that the time pad has power. Uh, So now he has, throughout this entire back half of this episode, the working time pad with uh, full power, (laughs) which means that that's why he's drunk and goofing around because he's he's like, we're fine. But he's tricking her to think that they're not, so that he can well, he can have more discussion. He's, with he's her. a hedonist anyway; like he would do yeah. that even if he was doomed to death. Like that's just what yeah, Loki's but like. I, I like the, I like the idea that he's like he's like, well, yeah, we're good. Yeah. I already fixed the oh, problem. Yeah, I don't want you her. to know that. Absolutely. I, we, there's Absolutely. nothing here that I'm really worried about anymore. So, mm. and then you get to the end of this episode, and you know, Sylvie is still like, oh, we're fucked. But I don't. I yeah. think they're actually fucked. I think Loki is so just... Basically, Loki it has done Loki things and manipulated yeah. her so that he can learn more about her without giving too much away about himself, which is just the rea- so the reality. The reality of the situation is mm. both both Sylvie enchanting Loki in this whole back half episode being a lie and Loki lying to Sylvie, um, even though he's he's perfectly capable of getting out of them out of Lamentis, but chooses not to yeah. um, make perfect sense because they are Lokis yeah. and that is what they do. And they are, they are mischievous scamps and that's what they, <laughs> that's what they do. So both of those options make more sense than they are just sincerely stuck on this planet 
and trying their best to sincerely get off of it. It definitely makes more sense that they're both trying to trick each other in some regard. Yeah. Um, that makes more sense than just taking this whole thing on face value. Uh, but again, I, I do think Sylvie is being truthful at the end of this. I do think Sylvie thinks they're going to die. I do think Loki is probably lying to her to get her to be a little bit more honest with him. And uh, I'm sure we're going to get reveals in the next episode that there has been there has been uh, deceiving happening Although I don't think it is uh, – this mm. whole thing is fake. I think it's more like Loki has been doing some small tricks to trick yeah. her and get information out of her. I, I definitely feel um, like everything is not quite as it seems in some way, yeah. shape or form. So we'll get a reveal one way or the other. Yeah. Uh, two things I want to mention really quick uh, that I just think are neat. Um also kind of interesting i think it's very interesting that sylvie doesn't know that she could use her powers in the tva it feels like something she should know yeah uh i thought that was interesting i like how she adapts pretty quickly to it but i did think it was interesting that she goes to use her magic and can't and that seems to be new information for her mm-hmm. um and then i really like it's a very small detail but i think it's a really fun detail that every time Sylvie's going to fight somebody, she puts her hair up. Yeah, that's great. I love that. That look that she had specifically during the end of episode two, beginning of episode three, where she's got the the crown on, but the hair is tied up. That is a strong look. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. And then taking the crown off to use as a, as a weapon was really cool. Yeah, that's cool. great. I love that. Like It makes sense why one of those horns is cracked now. Um, mm-hmm. So we we both reckon right that she was a TVA agent at one point and then broke free of their control somehow. That seems logical, right? Uh that's not what I think. No, that's definitely it's definitely logical. I think that could be what happened. Okay, uh, I I feel like she is somebody. She's definitely obviously a variant from a timeline that's that has been branched and was taken in by the TVA. Hmm. I feel like she escaped with a time pad and then has been hopping around ever since and is bitter and angry for the Mm. fact that her, her timeline was destroyed that she can't go back to where she came from and all that stuff. But she's been pretty much hopping around apocalypses for a very, very, very long time. Um, using the time pad and i don't mm. know how and gathering information on the tva without actually i don't know if she was ever brainwashed and a part of them but i think that's i mean the what she is, was the, the only reason that i assume that she was once a um an agent of the tva is that i'm not sure how she comes across the information otherwise that they were all variants that were brainwashed like that stuff is all highly classified within the, the vaults well, of the well, TVA. Well, exactly. Even if she was a TVA agent, she wouldn't know that information. Uh, yeah, but wouldn't it be a logical thing to assume that if you if you eventually overcome whatever programming they've used to brainwash these TVA agents, that you might have enough memory of what happened to you that you could jump to the conclusion that, well, if I was brainwashed and turned into a TVA but, drone, maybe everyone else is as well. But no, you're... She wouldn't be able to find that out because she would have been a brainwashed agent, and they don't have that information because that's not information that is uh, no, that's available not what, to that's agent not what because I'm they are that's brainwashed not drones. What I'm saying, what I'm saying yeah. is that she puts two and two together. You know, I was a variant. I was taken to the TVA. I was brainwashed and turned into a, a, a time uh, keeper, whatever the fuck. 
Um, and then eventually I somehow managed to break out of that programming, got my memories back. So if that happened to me, then why isn't that the case that it may have happened to all of them? Um, and also the fact that she's dived into the mind of um, what name, what's her name, C20, and she's accessed those past thoughts is also a way that she would have come to that conclusion. But that shouldn't come as a shock to her. Like, and it doesn't seem like it's a shock to her. So I, I feel like she knows this because she went through it herself. And now she's using that knowledge to uh, to go into the brains of other uh, timekeepers or hunters to get that information. So that's the only reason that I figured that she was probably uh, brainwashed and, and a, a hunter as well at some point. Uh, I, minute man well, like, well, like I'm saying, I, I don't I'm not saying I definitely don't think that's the mm, case. Yeah. I just feel like it's easier to find that information out from the outside as a, as a detective trying to find out information than it is yeah, from somebody I'm, who is on the inside. I'm not because sure how. I'm not sure how like nobody knows of the TVA outside of the TVA. There's no evidence but, of them. But she does because she gets picked up by the TVA. Her timeline gets clipped yeah but nobody, she's able to get away from them the and then she can that's then she can from investigate from the outside i i just don't think that they like that literally any evidence of the tva is is clipped uh they don't appear she, in the, she's in the, also she's also very distrustful of this loki because he is working with them instead of doing what she yeah, did. that's understandable that is understandable but i just i i don't know it just it seems to me like the most obvious and logical thing is that she was at one point a Minuteman or a Hunter or whatever they're, whatever they're called this week. Uh, because there are so many different terms for different branches of the TVA. It can be confusing. Um, and uh, I, I think that, for me, that makes the most sense. I'm sure we'll find out in, in, the, in the long run exactly what her origin is and what happened to her in, in between her timeline being clipped and us picking up on the story. Uh, she's starting to open up to Loki, and I think that there's more of that to come. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It just it just seemed like the most obvious thing to me. So that's where I've kind of like planted my flag on the whole where was Sylvie before all of this kind of thing. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll also we'll, be see, we'll find out which one of us is right. <laughs> oh, absolutely, <laughs> we'll absolutely. I know better than to bet anything on it as well. Um, also, like I, I really want to find out at this point why she doesn't want to be called Loki, why she has adopted this name Sylvie. Like, there is something going on there, and I can't quite figure out why that would be the case, but it must. she must have had a prior dealing with another variant Loki or something. Like, there has to be yeah. something which turned her so hard against Lokis. There's, that- there's a weird theory that people keep, I keep hearing coming up, which I don't buy, but they're like... I think she was raised by another Loki. And I'm like, I don't know. I, that seems kind of weird. Um, and some are people like, then that's Richard E. Grant's character and he's a bad Loki. So she hates him. <laughs> but I'm like, to me, I think it makes more sense that she has been jumping around uh, variant timelines and stuff like that mm. and has basically learned more about other people like her like our loki has a little bit so far Mm. and uh like looking in a mirror is not happy with what her um what 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 loki is and what loki represents in all these other timelines and has decided that she does not want to be that that she wants to be a forge a different identity um that to me is what i feel like it is but Maybe that weird theory about 
Richard E. Grant's character being a Loki variant that raised her or something. I don't know. I feel like that's kind of sweaty and weird, but I do think that she has definitely had some kind of bad interaction with at least one. I think it's probably multiple Lokis that she is not. I, mm. She's like, this is not, I don't want to be this because I don't like what this is. And I, and this movie and this show actually does feel like it very much is about looking back in the mirror and not liking your reflection. Yeah. I, I feel like that theory does have some legs to it. If only because of the whole origins of the Sylvie Lushton version of Enchantress, which I am aware of, which, right, which, which is, is where, where it's, which is where I think it, that's coming from. Yeah. But I feel like, there's this weird thing and Marvel movies uh, in the MCU, they have a tendency to take to take things and adjust them and do the MCU version of a thing. Mm. And I think because the TV shows are such a slow burn, like usually you'll see this in the lead up to a movie, right? Where um, they will they will hint that they're doing some kind of storyline and people will jump to conclusions based on the storyline, what, what's going to happen in the movie. And then it doesn't happen that way, but the movie ends and, it, and the movie ends in a way that is pretty much a lot of your questions are answered at the end of it and you kind of know how it is. So people after the movie are like, well, that didn't happen. But it does seem like with the TV shows being so vague, this is how you get the um, uh, the what's his name from from WandaVision. Um Mephisto thing happened. Oh yeah, where every week you go, well, it's a Mephisto thing, but it takes a while to get to the point where they're like, no, it's not that. It's just that we're using, we're basing this on a storyline that involved that character. We're pulling from elements that involved that character. That's not the story we're telling, though. And to me, it is very clear that she is not Sylvie Lushton. That she is quote unquote the enchantress they are using that character to describe this character but she's also lady loki mm. she is a loki she is not sylvie but they are they have basically kind of combined those two elements to create a new mcu thing yeah which is that it is this is a loki variant who has a female form and goes by sylvie mm. and is not necessarily the same thing as the comics so to me it seems very clear that that's the case but i think a lot of people keep like throwing in like yeah, but she's Sylvie for a reason. This is from the comics. I'm like, yeah, but I don't think that's a part of this. I think this is really them just kind of taking that idea and being like, yeah. well, Sylvie and Lady Loki, they have similar caution designs and similar ideas. Like it would be very easy for us to just kind of like streamline this into one idea and we'll just kind of pull elements from both. And like I said, maybe that involves Loki raising her. That could be a part of it. But I, But I think too many people are hung up on the – this is the enchantress thing. And I do think that's the case because they keep making a point of saying like that she enchants people, but yeah, like, she is a Loki she's definitely, That has been very clear. Yeah. They, have, they have said it multiple she's times. Definitely she going to be, she's definitely going to be enchantress at the end of it all, but yeah. her, her origin does feel like it, it comes from a place of she was once upon a time a, a right. Loki variant. Um, but we'll see because until we know exactly who Richard E. Grant is, uh, there, there is too many which, things up in the air and too many theories. The thing is, I think you and I, we, I think we both know he's Loki. It just is what kind of version it well, is, right? Is he though? Because I wonder if there is a possibility that he could be one of the three timekeepers, like you know the the uh, the, the big bosses of the TVA. That that would be that that would definitely be the other thing that I would think it's is possible. 
Um, and it could be both. He could be a Loki who is a timekeeper. Um, that would make a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. But like Richard E. Grant, if I had to pick somebody to play an older version of Loki. Oh, it's perfect. It's, it's Richard E. Grant. Mm. So to me, I feel like it is such an obvious slam dunk choice of casting that yeah. and, and just based on how this show is so much about these other variant Lokis and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. To me, it does feel like the big bad is Richard E. Grant, who is a Loki variant. Um, and I think he would be perfect for that. And it would make sense that he may have been involved some way in the time that the, as a timekeeper and in creating the TVA. And just like I also think. Renslayer is definitely in on this. Um, it, it does almost seem like I don't know exactly which way they go with it, but I do like that the implication is of of oh these people are brainwashed um, variants and are not they were not created to be a part of the TVA. Yeah, I like the idea that the scene in Renslayer's office with Mobius plays a lot more sinister now, especially with the. But with him saying, I don't remember bringing that back to you and uh, you made all these rings on the bottom. And he's like, yeah, I didn't make all of these. Now. Some of these were other people, but they're not. I I think it's interesting either the fact that there could be alternate versions of Mobius, which is the case in the comics because there's like a bunch of Mobius clones. So yeah. it could be that there are multiple Mobius variants mm. working at the TVA. Yeah. But it could also be as simple as he's been minds wiped so many times that he has memories that are gone and he can't even remember them since he's been at the TVA because they've snip snipped his mind so much. Mm. And I think that's also pretty dark as well. Yeah. So, um, but it definitely plays more sinister. I do think Renslayer is in on it. The TVA is obviously bad. And, you know, my, my, I was having a conversation with somebody at work the other day about, they were like, well, the thing that I don't understand is why is it that Captain America got away with going to another timeline he was meant at to. the end of Endgame? Well, here's the thing. <laughs> it doesn't really make a lot of sense to say, he, well, he was meant to go and create a branch timeline. Uh, to me, because that's what he does. I mean, he goes and lives with Peggy. He is creating an alternate reality. And to me, I think um, the reason why he was able to do that and again, that is – I am of the belief of that because I think it doesn't make any sense that he has gone back in time and is staying in our own timeline, the MCU timeline that we've established. I think that is way, way more confusing and doesn't really line up with what Endgame presents as much as it does. He jumped into an alternate timeline, creates a different timeline when he goes back. But my theory is that that – he was able to do that because the TVA doesn't exist anymore because I think by the end of this show, they're going to blow up the TVA and there's, there's going to be multiverse. Mm. So the answer is, yeah, the TVA didn't come and get him because they didn't exist anymore to stop him. Either that or like, is there an argument that he goes back to a point after which the Peggy Carter TV series has taken place uh, she doesn't have any meaningful input in the Marvel franchise from there on out until he goes to visit her as an old lady with Alzheimer's. And she literally can't remember the fact that she spent her entire life with him. So he didn't create a branching timeline. He actually went back in time and had a secret life with Peggy in the prime timeline that so, nobody so knew about. Here, here, are the, here are my issues with that. And, and to be fair, 
this is something that the writers and directors of Endgame are split on. Mm. The thing that that I find wild about it is that the writers think that it is the same timeline, which I think is actually more confusing. And I would think that the writers wouldn't feel that way because it doesn't line up with what they've established. Because in Endgame, you travel to you travel back in time. But when you do something, you create a branch timeline, right? So, ah, but the old one specifically said that it was taking the time stones, which created that branching timeline. And in this show itself, that's, within that's Loki, that's true. Except, yeah, that, just a second though, just a second. Within yeah. Loki, it's been established that a timeline only branches when you make an actual change that is discernible, right? So that that's the reason why Sylvie is able to hide out at apocalyptic events because it doesn't matter if she does something that changes something around her. She is, you know, she she doesn't have to worry about it because it's going to all burn down any second. But if uh, Captain America goes back in time, spends the rest of his life with Peggy, uh, just nice and quiet and and not getting involved in which we know is the case because we would have heard about some sort of random superhero that was back in the sixties, seventies, whatever. If he, that was true, if that's the case. Yeah, but which... like because he, he stays away, he leads a, a quiet life knowing that he, because he's never heard of anything that happened back in those times, that he obviously didn't get involved and that the world worked out fine without him being involved. He's able to basically just hang up his shield and retire, um, have a life with Peggy, maybe go and get a new shield made uh, in Wakanda because he knows where Wakanda is. Uh, and then eventually, once uh, the time comes, when Peggy gets ill to the point that he can't look after her anymore, but he can't exactly like make himself known to everyone, he does what he needs to do to make sure that she's looked after, and then he zips forward back to the point where he gives the shield to a falcon. Like, that, for me, works. Um. So the thing is, with this show... It is not just the Infinity Stones mm. that would be the issue here because it's not it's not just that Loki took the Tesseract that he got picked up by the TVA. Yeah. They make a very a very specific point of saying you not going back to Asgard means that Frigga doesn't die, which means that all of these events and, and everything that happens, those are things that you do. Yeah. So taking Loki out of the timeline means that those things would, would change. I can't buy because he does have too much knowledge of stuff like Take the Winter the Soldier Tesseract. about where he's frozen, all this stuff yeah. that that he's able to go back in time and never change literally anything to not create a branching timeline. Yeah, but at he, some he point. doesn't change. And just the big mere enough. fact that he interacts with Peggy at mm. all. To me, that is a significant change to our timeline that would not be rectified. But it's, it is it, no. But it's not if you if you do what I said, which is he goes back to a time after which Peggy Carter had happened, so he's able to just live out a quiet life. I don't know. Like, so the, you're saying? So you're saying that I'm saying that, that the timeline went before back in it time, happened already contained that, a, a that Steve, Steve Rogers that lived back no, in the fifties, sixties. You're saying Steve went back in time with the knowledge that and, – and, and went back in time to shortly after he left mm -hmm. where Peggy Carter is fundamental in the creation of S.H.I.E.L.D., knowing that S.H.I.E.L.D. is Hydra and just lets that happen? But what if 
Steve Rogers going back in time to live a life with Peggy Carter was what was supposed to happen. And that was always deemed to happen in the same way that the Avengers but going that, back in time to steal Infinity Stones. Yeah, but it does make sense. It depends, why, it depends why on is, the time why travel would he rules. Let, why would he let those things happen? Why would he let his... Because they're preordained. They already happen. But he doesn't know that. You oh. really think that Steve Rogers, mm. as we know him, would go back in time and then let S.H.I.E.L.D. become Hydra while his wife is literally founding it? Yeah. <laughs> that's insane. Why would he do that? Because time has already ordained that that's the way, and he's already that's had it explained what, to him by Banner. That doesn't make any sense. But Banner already explains this shit to him at some point after, you know, after after they've won the day. And all that's left is for Steve to go back in time and put the time stones, uh, all the stones back where they need to be. They've had this conversation where, he, you know, Banner is like, oh, the old one basically explained everything that was going on and why we need to put these time stones back. And in Steve's mind, he's like, so in theory, I could go back in time. And as long as I don't do anything to change the way that time plays out. I could live a perfectly happy life. But how with how are you supposed to do that for like 60 some years and never do anything that doesn't branch off of that timeline? Because we're talking about big changes here, like Frigga dying or founding shield or, you know, letting the but twin he's, towers he's get specifically, blown up. Piggy is extremely important to the existence of our timeline. Yeah. And having Steve there the whole time, it, it really throws a wrench into that whole thing. Because there are certain things that are definitely going to play out differently because of his existence there. Because, again, these small things that they, they add up, like the idea in the TVA is, okay, you missed work one day. You were late for work, which mm. caused you to go onto a different path that eventually causes something bigger to happen. It's that yeah. domino effect thing. There's, it's, it seems impossible to me that he would be able to go back in time and spend 60 years not doing anything that would take things off of the sacred timeline. Yeah, but here's the thing. If you accept that he was already back there during that time, before we knew he was, right, then everything that he did that may have changed the timeline is what resulted in the timeline that we currently have, with him also having the knowledge... But then that means that he literally has to sit on the sideline and let all these things happen, which does not sound like something <laughs> Steve Rogers would ever fucking do. No, I know. So that doesn't make any sense to me. Hey, look, it makes sense. It just doesn't make sense to you. What part of Steve Rogers makes you think he would go back in time and not try to stop these things from happening? Um, if the, he could, if he could prevent the the part that said basically like I've I've done my tour of duty. What part of you tells you that Steve Rogers, rather than carrying on being a hero, would go back in time and live his happy life? That doesn't make any sense to the Steve Rogers that we know either. But he fucking does it. Well, it's he does. One of those that, things you can't argue that. No, because I do think it makes perfect sense that he does that. But he's a hero. I, he's a he's a died in the wall American that's hero. His, that's his arc. But <laughs> yeah, but he's still if me, he's still alive, if he can still carry a shield and throw it, then everything that we know about Steve Rogers up to that point tells us that he will continue to be a hero and and defend the the world. But no, he goes back in time so he can get his rocks off with his uh, with with his one true love. But I don't think I don't that makes think, as little sense as going back in time and not doing anything. I don't think he I don't think hanging up the shield is a part of it. In fact, we know he gets a new shield. 
Yeah, so that he can give it to the Falcon by coming back to that very point in you, time. No, a hundred percent. He goes back in time and is and is still active as Captain America. There's no, and maybe not <laughs> as Captain America, but he has that shield made and hands it off. And it doesn't make any sense that he would just go. He'd go in his altar time, like make an alt, make a new shield, and then let it just sit there until he gives it back. To me, I think that the Steve Rogers we know would a hundred percent still be doing what he thinks is right. And there's no way he would sit on the sideline and let his best friend be tormented and tortured for years uh, to let Tony's parents die, to let Hydra form and shield, mm. to not stop those things from happening. There's no fucking way but that maybe, our Steve Rogers would have just sat on the sideline and been like, nope, I got to be a good little boy and I can't do anything because it'll mess up the timeline. Yeah, but again, so I'm going to just let these horrible things happen. That has never been Steve Rogers. So he's just going to abandon his his post so that he can live his happy life. That's literally the opposite of what I just said. No, it's not. It's not. It's exactly what he does at the end of Endgame. He abandons his post to live in the past. You can't argue that. It's a fact. It makes just as little sense for him to abandon his post as Captain America and to go and live in the past, which has already happened and already worked out. He doesn't abandon his post. He, he does. He replaces. He gets a new Captain America. A new Captain America that doesn't take the shield up until after a TV series is finished. But but Steve knows that he's a going two, to... Are two heroes okay. better than one? Fundamentally, are two heroes better than one? When you... When someone gets Many promoted... Make light when you're... <laughs> people <laughs> leave jobs and, and are replaced by other people. You train, you train your predecessor and then you step away. That's okay. Yeah, but regular jobs don't have the fate of the world relying on them. Like you're talking about something which just, is intrinsically different. He just, he just different. saved the world and now he's like, I feel like I can put – I now that this is over, I feel like I can keep this in your hands. That I can go have the life that I that, that was taken away from me. But also I don't believe that just because he goes back in time to be with Peggy that he's going to just retire because I don't think that's – I don't think that's Steve. I think Steve is still going to try to do what's right, even if mm. he's um, going back in time to be with Peggy. And th it just doesn't really add up to me that he wouldn't try. And obviously you could say, well, yeah, then the TVA probably did pick him up, which that to me sours the ending of Endgame. Yeah, but it makes more uh, sense. But I think it than... makes more sense. Because they talked about real time. where we're going with this series that – there's no TVA to stop him yeah, but anymore. Tyler, because... they, they literally say in an earlier episode, we have to attend this event in real time because this branch is happening right now. We can't go back to before it happened and, and head them off at the pass. We have to do it yeah. now. So by that very logic, they would have gone back and clipped the timeline that Steve was in if it was a divergent timeline. So it can't be a divergent timeline. My, yeah, because they I'm would have clipped they it. didn't do that because they don't exist. Yeah, but they existed at the point that he went back. No, they didn't because, because it was the show because time show, because it happens in real time. Yeah, but we're talking about we're we're talking about. I mean, the TVA exists outside of space and time, but we jumped from twenty twelve, not twenty twenty three. Yeah, like that's where we picked this story up, and obviously the TVA exists somewhere along the timeline that is not the timeline, not along the timeline. They exist somewhere outside of it, but. Like even if you just looked at it as a straightforward timeline, that this takes place a long time before Endgame. 
But mm. my but my guess is that I do I do feel like yes, what they what they did going back in time, putting the stones back, everything that was fine. But it also I have so many questions of like just in general the thing the questions that i have coming from this and it does just make a lot more sense of the show is leading to the point where the tva doesn't exist that we have a multiverse now yeah. because they don't they they don't handle this well, they've already and, and set, they've, they've already set it up for doctor strange right. anyway we know there's going to be a multiverse yeah. exactly to me i find there are too many things that have happened um based on this one sacred timeline that would create branching timelines and fuck too many things up even if you take out the Steve Rogers thing, because let's go back to the fact that um, based on the events of Endgame, mm. here's what we know happened. And yes, I don't know how they how they rectify this, how the TVA goes back and, and cups this. Maybe maybe they do or whatever. But there is a timeline where Thanos, his entire army, uh, Gamora and Nebula leave 2014 before the events of guardians of the galaxy and never return. Hmm. So there is a timeline in which there is no Gamora. There is no Nebula. There is no Thanos and there's no guardians of the galaxy because these guys never met each other. Yeah. So to me, it's one of those things where, okay, so was that clipped? Was that branched? And if so, how did they rectify that? Because those guys are gone. Mm. And so and nobody picks Gamora up at the end of that. So to me, it seems like a lot of what happens at the end of Endgame almost makes more sense if before because, you know, time loops and stuff like that. Yeah, that at some point the TVA that we are watching and stuff like that does not exist anymore by the time you're watching it. And that makes sense because, for 2014 because they're traveling forward in time, not backwards. The issue with the Steve Rogers thing is that he travels back in time to... I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was like late 40s, right? That he traveled back to. That was the clip. That was the time that they put yeah. up on the on that clip. That is the that's where the timeline diverges is 1940-something. The TVA absolutely exists in 1940-something. No, but it doesn't exist anymore because time loops. Yeah, but now you're just... Now we're we're... Talking about well, they they could didn't exist after 2012, but they well, exist. They there, didn't there exist before so 1947 either. Of time that that I'm saying by the time I was saying yes, literally, if we take it from 2012 to uh, to 2023. But I'm saying the way that they've kind of established is that these events happen over and over and over and over and over and over again, and that right. by the time the events that we have seen in Endgame have happened, by that point there is no. That this has all maybe several loops ago disappeared. So in which like, in which case we could just say that the Steve Rogers alternate future is reestablished rather than never being clipped. You could you could just say it was reestablished because time looped around one more time and this time there was no TVA to clip it. So that yeah, makes more and, sense. And, and so there and, is and, there is a reality where the TVA exists and they clipped it, and there is also a reality where the TVA doesn't exist and say it wasn't clipped. Yes, and that and and theoretically that that both of those things happen. That yeah, there probably is several versions of this event mm. taking place. So the TVA where, is Schrodinger's time where, agency, where, the, where where Steve Rogers did go back in time and was clipped. Yeah, I'm saying that by 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 the time we see what is happening with, with Endgame, 
there is no TVA anymore to to snip it. But no. that would have theoretically have happened other times because I mean, the there, way there that time is kind of set wasn't. up is that these events happen often and that variants happen often yeah. and time is constantly looping and things are happening over and over this and over problem, again. Like, so, so yeah, there were other versions of time where Steve was clipped, but we just know for a fact that he wasn't because yeah. we saw those things play out. Mm. If so if regardless time is, if he is if in our main timeline or if, another timeline, time nobody stopped him from doing that. If If time is infinite but also looping, then that essentially means that everything both does and doesn't exist. So the TVA exists, but it also doesn't exist. That means all of the timelines that were clipped were both clipped and unclipped. And so that means that a multiverse does and doesn't exist simultaneously. Right. And that <laughs> and, that opens and- up a can of worms which cannot... Like, this is the problem when you start playing with time travel within a story, <laughs> is that, like, they acknowledge this in the literally the opening of the second episode. Loki is taking a test where all three different readings of time travel are represented in the multiple choice question answers. And it's like, there you should never, never go into doing time travel unless you have properly worked out what the rules for your specific world are and you've established them with everyone that's watching. Because otherwise, you end up with this, where you have people arguing about stuff that's never been established one way or the other. Right, and it's <laughs> and, and it's one of those interesting things that the four people who made that movie didn't even agree on it. So that's where things, that's where a lot of the confusion yeah. kind of comes from. Back to the now, Future is the greatest time travel movie of all time because it establishes the rules and it sticks with them. Yeah, although I've made the point before that it also doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Let's so, not get into Back to the Future, Christ. Right. <laughs> we'll but, do that but, another time. I mean, that's that's the problem is with a lot of time travel media is it's very easy to poke holes in it. Now, personally, I find it so interesting that there are, that the more you dive into time travel, the more you can pull up threads and, and, and find interesting aspects because yeah. there are a lot of things that are not dre- addressed in Back to the Future that feel like they must be true, and I find that fascinating. But – what I think is interesting here is that um, – and basically the reason why I disagree with the scenario that you've put forth is that um, I feel like the idea of him going back in time and having just nothing change at all from our timeline seems unlikely just based on on everything we know about – about Steve and everything we know about time. Mm. I just feel like the chances of him sitting on the sideline and just letting a lot of terrible things happen that he knows about. I'm not even saying like 9-11. I'm talking about personal stuff like like letting um, letting Bucky be brainwashed and become the Winter Soldier yeah. and letting Peggy form something that's going to be evil and doing all these things, it just doesn't really feel like he doesn't even need to put the shield on and go and go Captain America mode and start busting heads for him to at least try to stop those things from happening. Mm. And I just don't buy that he would he would sit there and go, "This is fine that this happens because it already happened. I'm just going to not do anything about it." Well, like, here's, here's the it just feels thing. very much out of character for him to sure. just be like, "I'm going to go back in time and I'm going to be okay with those things." But these here's, bad things here's the brilliant thing about the theory that has essentially been cobbled together between the two of us. Um, he did and he didn't simultaneously at the same exactly. time. So in one right. reality, he did make the choice to do that. And in the other reality, he didn't. And we're both right. The yeah. best thing is we're both correct for once. Yeah. We can both be right and we can both take our theory away. But the thing is, and, and maybe we should just stick a pin in this conversation because we're already going an hour <laughs> long. Um, yeah. How many times have you heard someone say and, and, and posit the concept of 
If you could travel back in time, would you travel back to pre-World War II and kill Adolf Hitler? And there are so many theories, very interesting theories, as to what would happen if you did do that. And they're not particularly great futures. And sometimes you just have to leave the past as it ran because yeah. you don't know just how much worse things could be if you leave it, it you know. Yeah, and it also, I think it's it's very interesting. If you pose that question to me, would I go back in time to kill baby Hitler? I sure would like to. Yeah. Uh, or not necessarily a baby Hitler, but I would like to stop Hitler from, from doing what he did. Mm. But then the question becomes uh, something that you cannot understand or even fathom before you mess with time yeah. is – how this time what, works. What plays out Am as I a creating result? an alternate yeah. reality? Or if do I go back and try to kill Hitler and I fail because I always failed because that's a, I've always done that, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Well, then we're getting we into the thing about know. different rules for time travel. Like, is, exactly. is the future set? No matter how many times you travel back, is you traveling back in time essentially what sets things up to go the way they do? Like, when I go I back do- in time to try and kill Hitler, do I use a mustard gas bomb during World War One? in which case that already happened? If you try to kill him during the war and you set a bomb off under a desk, well, that already happened and that didn't work out. So... Like- I, I think something that's very interesting. Uh, I'm sorry to, to extend it's all right. This more, we, we, are, we are, are going to wrap up but in like, a minute, though. <laughs> I think it's interesting how, like, Back to the Future. One of the things I always say about that, there, the one thing, the big one to me, is that uh, the events of Back to the Future Two at the beginning, where they go to the future in 2015, doesn't really make any sense because the way they have established time travel working means that when Doc, so Doc goes to 2015. Mm. And discovers like, oh, man, Marty's like really on dire straits and his family's all a mess. I got to go back and, and get him and stop him. And that is a world in which Doc has not existed from 1985 to, to 2015. Hmm. He goes back in time and picks them up and takes them back to 2015 in which they should, based on everything that they have established in Back to the Future lore, arrive at a version of 2015 where the three of them did not exist for 30 years. And yet well, that yeah. is not the case. Well, because That the doesn't thing is, make sense. Well, but it, it, I'm fine with it because it's an entertaining movie. In, it's whatever. In, your, in your head, you, you make the supposition that once they're, they've finished with their adventure – that they would travel back to the point they left and live their lives that's, as normal. That's not how time travel works, though. Yeah, but it kind when of you, can when, be. This is the problem with time Einstein, travel is that you put it's Einstein open. In the, when you put Einstein in the DeLorean and send him 88 miles per hour one minute into the future, he is gone for one minute. Yep. He does never. He never comes back and, and exists in that one minute because he has left that one minute, right? Mm-hmm. So, if, so if Einstein were to come back, from that one time minute and then gone back and then been there for that minute, he would have been there, but he's not Mm. because he wasn't. So there is, and and because back to the future establishes that you can create alternate timelines when you do stuff, it means that, yeah, every time you go back and change something and then move forward, you are moving forward in the new timeline that you have changed. Right? Mm -hmm. So it doesn't make any sense that you could say, Oh, he goes back in time and then eventually all of those events play out. And in fact, the whole thesis at the end of the third movie is that your past is not written for you and that future has been destroyed because mm. they have gone back and changed things in the past, which yeah. means that never happened. Yeah. So so you can't even make the argument that, well, then they go back and they eventually live. It, that's not how time travel works. The thing that I also think is interesting about Back to the Future 1 is that that is never addressed. This is what I'm saying. I love talking about time travel. It's fun. When Marty goes back in time to the night – so 
on the, on when we open Back to the Future, Marty's parents kind of suck, and he has a job working for um, Doc, or j- they're just friends. They never really explain that. Yep. And he does this thing for Doc, goes back in time to the 50s, right? Mm-hmm. And Doc dies. He goes back in time to the 50s. He meets Doc. He messes with his parents' meeting, uh, changes the past significantly, then travels forward in time, and runs into – he comes back slightly to watch another Marty get into the time machine and disappear. Right. Yeah. But we have created a different reality than the one that we opened with because Marty's parents and Biff are fundamentally different than they were before. So Mm -hmm. are his brother and sister. And so is doc because now doc, once Marty leaves the (laughs) leaves the fifties and heads to 1985 doc now knows Marty. And that version that he finds is the guy that we met in the 50s. So he spent years knowing that one day Marty would exist. And then their friendship is much less random stance as much as it is. I know who Marty is, right? Mm -hmm. And that Marty was raised to be a very different person (laughs) because because he was raised by different parents and in a society that was different because of the actions that he took in the past. So that Marty that disappears into the time machine that is a different guy. Mm. And I think that's really fascinating. But it's not very something complicated. that is ever really talked about, but I just think that's really interesting. <laughs> I mean, it's very complicated, but the reason why they don't go into it is because otherwise you wouldn't have anywhere near as entertaining a movie if he's just sat no, there trying to ponder it. You can't it. just sit there and talk about that. And then exactly. the other time travel thing that I just love, I always talk about is, is in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure when you know the movie opens with uh, – his dad not being able to find the keys to the police station. And then later in the movie, they need to get into the police station and they think, well, what if we just think really hard about after we're done going back in time and taking the keys from my dad yeah. and putting them here. And then they're there and they're like, excellent. It's like, yeah. that is the coolest time travel thing anyone's ever done. Well, it's, it's the it entire ending of the second, it's the ending of the second movie, isn't it? Where yeah. it's like, well, what if we planned ahead and left a gun over here? Uh, you know, yeah. and what if we cut a rope so that it was ready to fall right about now and hit you on the head? Like they yeah. they it's, use it's, that a few it's, times. It's, it's that very thing funny. in Rick and Morty when they did the time travel episode where he's like, "Oh my god, the snakes haven't invented time travel yet." And he closes his eyes and holds his temple, and <laughs> and he's like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "I'm really I'm, I'm just reminding travel. myself to really commit to this." <laughs> and then they show up. It's great. <laughs> Oh, man. But and and hey, we are we are talking about a show that has in a franchise that did Endgame and then went and hired all the Rick and Morty people who do excellent work with this kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I I do think this will all eventually make sense, and we'll see. Maybe by the end of this show, it all makes sense, and uh, and we just don't know have all the pieces as of right now. But I think I just this stuff is fun to talk about, and I and I'm not saying I I'm saying that I think the the idea of Steve having lived in the past and that was all part of the sacred timeline doesn't seem likely to me. I'm not saying that that is a hundred percent not where they're going to end up. I just don't really think that makes sense, but I could be wrong. I don't know mm. for sure. I don't I think they're think ever going to talk on, about based it. Based on the information, that's what my theory is. Yeah. And your theory is different based on that same information. We just don't know for sure. They, the, the problem is, is that like they, they've refused to talk about uh, Steve over the last two TV shows They've refused to talk about him on this one. Whenever he is mentioned, it's like, you know, they talk about him in the past uh, tense, like he's not there anymore. So 
I don't know what's going on with him anymore, but hopefully we get some answers. And if we don't, then we'll just be arguing forever. But anyway, that's going to do it. This is the sound of a pin going into the end of a conversation. Oh, uh, yeah. One more one more thing I want to bring up, not about time travel. You've got uh, to be kidding me. A- Go on then. <laughs> no, no, this is really quick. I just didn't mention it yet. I really like at the end of that long take uh, right before, because I, I think the ending of this episode is fabulous. I love the it way. Is. There's it's all this chaos and fighting and everyone scrambling to live and then they watch the arc blow up and then the camera just pans back to them and everybody in the shot just like yeah stops and just stares at it and then just kind of walks away it's and then Empire that really Strikes like sad stuff. song plays at the end and it's yeah. plays over end credits in which everything is more ominous because they've taken out all of the actors who weren't a part of this episode. So it's just a lot of empty desks and stuff like that as the sad song plays. Mm. I thought the ending of this episode was super cool. And right before that, right before all of that stuff happens, uh, there is a part where Loki and Sylvie beat up a couple of guards and they are doing uh, the exact same thing. They are moving in a complete mirrored uh, direction as they fight them because they are the same person. I just think that's uh, another really interesting (laughs) part of all this. So I just wanted to bring that up. I I like that element of them just doing the exact same motions to beat those guys up because mm-hmm. they are fighting the same way because they're the same person. Yeah. Um, no, the end but that ending, I, I love the the way this episode ends. I love the way it starts. I love the song at the beginning of the show and how it ends with a different song at the end of the show. And I like when they make those choices to kind of give it a little bit less of like, and then here, and then they play the generic uh, the music we had written for the end credits and they instead play something that's uh, uh an actual licensed song. And I do think that both the beginning of this episode and the end of this episode were very unique and cool. They were. It's it's very Empire Strikes Back, the end of that episode. Very down ending to steal a uh, a line from Clerks. Uh, but okay, now th- this really is the sound of a pin ending the conversation. Um, the, the pin is in, the conversation has ended. We've spent one hour and 13 minutes talking about a 30-minute show. Um <laughs> that's just so tyler and dave uh thank you everyone for watching and it's not even watching listening but thank you for watching as well because if you weren't watching you wouldn't be able to follow what we were (laughs) talking about uh until next time when we'll try to not talk about time travel uh it's dave and tyler signing out take care see you next time bye-bye